0: Hello and welcome back to the Can of Faith podcast for season six. I had posted on Instagram saying that I actually took a break from season six um, just to get my life together. I actually, I admit that I didn't plan out season six as well as I normally do my seasons. And so not only did I kind of lack direction, but I also just needed like a minute. Um, I think I might've started season six at not like not in a great point, uh, in my life. (laughs) So it's been maybe a couple months and now it's the holidays. I'm recording this the day before Thanksgiving. So if you're listening to this, um, I hope you had a fantastic Thanksgiving. Um, and just know that I prayed for those last night. I prayed for those who might be experiencing some grief and heartbreak during the holidays. Um, I know um, for my family, the holiday is a little bittersweet, um, especially Thanksgiving, so just know that I am praying for you if you're experiencing grief in this holiday season and know that you're loved and you're seen by God and He knows um, why your heart breaks and not a single tear is unacknowledged by Him. Um, yeah, so I just wanted to start out the episode that way just because I know um this is the first year that the holidays have been a little bit difficult for me and my family. So my heart just really goes out to those who have dealt with this for a lot longer than we have. So yeah. So, um, I'm super excited to get season six rolling again. I, um, didn't exactly sit down with content, but what I've done or what I'm going to do is bring in and share My Bible study time, basically. Um, I've been doing Bible studies a little bit different recently, um, and I am loving it. I'm thriving in my time with Jesus. Um, The way that I've started to Bible study focuses on application and um, digging into what God is trying to tell me or teach me or impart, like how He wants to impart wisdom using the scripture that I'm studying um, because I feel like in the past I've gotten into a slump of reading scripture, Bible studying, Bible journaling, just to kind of get it done with, but it doesn't actually settle on my heart and it doesn't sink in to where I'm thinking about it like days afterward. And so I started something different. I started a new Bible study routine. Um, and it's honestly faster than what I was doing before. And not that it has to be faster, not that I'm trying to be done faster by any means, but it's like, I feel like sometimes when people, um, think about Bible studying, they're just like, Oh my gosh, it has to take hours and hours of my time. And I have kids, I have school. I'm, I can't pay attention for that long. Like whatever it is, I promise you that they're like God intended, um, us for, uh, or for us, to learn, study, and chew on the the word and understand it. And I know it's like, depending on the what version of the Bible you have, maybe it's more difficult for you to understand it. Um, but Bible studying is just such a joy for me, especially when I invite the Holy Spirit in and ask him to show me what I wouldn't know on my own, show me what I couldn't see on my own. Um And so for the upcoming episodes that like, this is just me sharing what God has spoken to me and how he has shined a specific light on the scripture I have been reading. And it genuinely like fires me up because I, like I said, I realized that before, like when I was Bible studying, it really wasn't settling on my heart. But now that I'm approaching it in a way that it does i'm just like i have been wasting so much of my time and i know that's dramatic because no time with the lord is wasted but genuinely like it was me being like yeah okay i bible studied um and now i'm done and now i can move on with my day no i am actually like meditating on the word like the word tells us to so with that i just want to open up in prayer really fast before we get started father god i just thank you That we can all come together and learn more about you. Seek more of your wisdom because your word says that when we seek you, we will find you when we seek you with all of our heart. And I just thank you for what you're doing in each of our lives. God, I pray that you bless abundantly the person who is listening to this episode today. I pray that you would shower them with your peace. And whatever is going on in their life right now, Lord, God, I pray that you would assure them that you have the solution, that you are the answer, and that your hand is resting upon the situation. And God, I pray for those um, who might be having a difficult holiday season, maybe because they're dealing with grief, Lord. Um, God, I just pray that you would... Overwhelm them with your presence and your peace, and give them a knowing that there has not been a single day where you have turned your back on them for any reason. And God, I I just thank you that your word says that you bind up our wounds and that you heal the brokenhearted. So, God, I just pray that you bless this episode. I pray that you speak through me so that the people listening would not hear my words, but your words, Lord. God, we just praise you and glorify you through all we do. In Jesus' name, amen. I am super excited about today's episode because I have been going through on my own the book of Habakkuk, and um, it's probably one of my favorite books in the Bible. I think my top one is Hosea, but Habakkuk is like, it's up there for me. I started, um, or I first read this book, it's only three chapters. I first read this book with a, um, there's a girl on YouTube who, um, used to do Bible studies and she took her community, um, through that on YouTube. And so every week we would do a new chapter and really deep dive. And she's actually the person who taught me how to Bible study. Um, and so pretty much anything I do is, either the same thing that she does or it's like um, a branch off of that because I've kind of adapted it into what works for me in different seasons of my life because, you know, sometimes we just need to spice things up a little bit if we're, you know, kind of, if we're kind of um, in a valley or if we're on a mountaintop or, you know, if we're in that middle area. So um, yeah, so I've been reading through That again, especially because I ha I got a new Bible since the last time I read the book, so I hadn't even annotated it yet. Um, and Habakkuk chapter one is the first section of scripture that I started doing the new Bible study method that I've been doing, and I'll just share it with you real quick. Um, basically, like what I normally do is called the soap method. I'm pretty sure we're all familiar with that, it's SOAP. Um, scripture observation application and prayer. So it's very similar to that um, because I am used to doing that anyway and it's it's a great method. like no matter when you learned it or if you're just now hearing about it, it's a really great way to structure your Bible study time and your prayer time um, And so the, so the new way that I do it is like I said, kind of a branch off of it and so I write the scripture. Um, I'll read a chapter depending on how long it is, maybe a heading of a chapter, and then I will pick two, one to one to three verses in that chapter or heading that I feel are important, um, Obviously, everything in the Bible is important, but there are some things that might stand out to you depending on the season that you're in, depending that the si- about the situation that you're dealing with. Maybe there's something on your heart that you want to learn about or you're seeking God's wisdom in. So the Lord will highlight one to three um, verses in the section I read, and then I will rewrite that in the version of my Bible, like whatever version of my Bible is, I'll rewrite that those scriptures those verses, um, in my notebook. And then I will pick a different translation. I normally do the message, um, translation. I will pick a different one and then I will, I will rewrite the same verses in a different translation. I love the message version. I don't think we need to be relying on it, but, um, when we're kind of comparing other verses, like when we're comparing verse to verse, I think it's really cool to see, um, it like, it written out and communicated in like the most basic way. And plus the message version is kind of like how we would talk <laughs> out loud. Um, and I'll, I'll show you what I mean once we get to that part, but let me turn my notes here. So after I write down both the translations, I will then write a little heading that says "What is God gone saying to me. And that's basically my time to just journal. Like why do i think that why do i think the lord highlighted those verses to me today specifically and i will normally have like this is how my bible studying has been so effective lately i will just journal about the, those verses and just be like i don't know like sometimes i'll just get revelation sometimes i like in um chapter 2 of habakkuk i just felt like my i was just being called into repentance and so like all of my journaling was just about like about that, but the verses I'm taking you through today and the topic we're going to be talking about today is more of, um, I think more of revelation and more of just like the gratitude, like how much gratitude I feel toward God's wisdom and how freely he shares that with us. And then after those three things, I pray and I just pray over the scripture and I, I thank God for his word. Um, you know, whatever, whatever your heart feels like it needs to pray over or repent for based on those scriptures. So that is the basis of like how I've been Bible studying lately and how I'm kind of going to be sharing my notes Um, in the future. I'm not going to explain every like explain this Bible study method every single time, but just, you know, I think it's important to share with each other how we Bible study in case maybe What somebody is doing right now is not working for them that well. And you can try something else because that's that's exactly how I was introduced to um, this method of Bible study. So I think I'm titling this episode, Throw Out Your Idols. It might be something different by the time it airs and that's okay. (laughs) But I think, let me just start by saying, for me anyway, idols are very heavily linked to pride, in my opinion. I feel like everything is linked to pride, but that specifically comes to mind because when the Bible talks about idols in the time period of the, you know, in different stories, normally we're talking about like um, a pile of wood or something shaped out of wood, maybe something metal um cloaked in silver and gold like something like that um and so it's easy to think like oh yeah we I don't struggle with idolship or idol worship or anything like that because there's nothing in my house that I idolize or I bow down to or like pray to or whatever and maybe that is the case but in today's like we have to remember that the bible is applicable through all generations and so if um there was idol worship when the book was written. There's going to be idol worship today. And I think we can easily brush it off and be like, no, I don't struggle with that. It's not something I need to pray into. I don't need to repent for it. I don't need to turn away like whatever, because there are so many examples of idol worship in our lives today and in our culture. And, um, I think it's also important to point out that the enemy wants you to think that he wants you to think that this doesn't apply to you, that certain things in the Bible, certain sins don't apply to you, or he wants you to think that, oh no, I would never do that. There's no way. I'm going to be real with you that there's nothing, there's no sin that anybody is above, period. Um, Whether it's adultery, whether it's greed, whether it's stealing or murder, I promise you. And I know that was like a a broad spectrum of sin, Um, but there's nothing that we as earth-dwelling, flesh-having people are above. So I don't want you or me to ever come into a place of pride because we think that we, we would never do that sin that that other person did. And I just, I don't see how I could, like, I don't see how they did that. It seemed so easy. It was temptation and they failed. Please, if that is your thought process, because it's it's been mine in the past, more frequently, it, I do find myself slipping into those thought patterns. Let's just take a moment to repent and just rebuke the spirit of pride And, um, to come into a place and come into a heart posture where we ask the Lord to highlight any sin that we are not aware of or that the enemy is trying to convince us is okay. So just for people, if they don't know, um, and this is really helpful for me too, because I don't think I've actually ever like looked up the definition, um, Idolatry is the worship of a cult image or an idol as though it were a God. Um, In Abrahamic religions, idolatry connotes um, the worship of something or someone other than our God, like the one true God, as if it were God. So as if it can do, and I'm trying to choose my words carefully because like this is, um, I'm going to go so much deeper into what what idol worship today can look like. Um, but it's us worshiping something as if it were the one true God, as if it can heal, as if it can answer us and perform miracles and give us peace and all that stuff. So, um, it's the action or practice of worshiping idols or false gods, image worship, um, things like that. The Bible makes it plain that an idol is nothing that's in Jeremiah two 11, um, it's only so like, let's see, Jeremiah 2, 11, and then 16 and 20 says it's only a piece of wood or a stone carved by human hands. It has no power of its own. Samuel calls idols useless things in first uh, Samuel 12, 21, and Paul clearly states, um, we know that an idol is nothing at all in the world. So that's just a quick synopsis of what an idol is biblically. And it's very convicting to think about what idol worship can look like today because um, we we might say, oh, I didn't know this was an idol. I didn't know that's what I was doing. Um, I was ignorant, blah, blah, blah. But like, so were the people in the Bible. Um, there are so many points or so many um, areas in the Bible where People would worship the one true God, our God, like Abba Father, but then still turn around and worship their idols as if it was okay. Like they would actually pray and see God deliver rain um, or crop. Um, And then they would turn around and still worship their idols. So before I read those verses, I just want to identify some of the modern day idols that we might have been deceived by and remember that an idol is something or someone that has become more important to us than God so this was specifically convicting for me because my husband and I have been trying to get pregnant and I just remember God kind of taking me by the shoulders and just stopping me And making me pause. And he said to me, that is pregnancy more important than relationship with me? And (laughs) at the time, I don't even think I answered, but like it was, um, it really was. So it's easy to fall into the heart posture, the wrong heart posture, and be so focused on what we can get from God instead of focusing on what he's already done for us and that he's already won every battle we're going to walk into and that was where i was i was so focused on supplements and um health and like none of those like okay none of those things are bad getting pregnant wanting to be a mom wanting to wanting a new career wanting to be married um None of those things are bad. In fact, they're biblical, but literally anything can become an idol. Like broccoli can become an idol if you love it more than God, period. Like it's so easy um, to, to just accidentally slip into a mindset of, well, I only I'm only spending time and I'm only praying with God today because I want something from him instead of just resting in the fact that his presence alone is enough, that Jesus died and shed blood so that that veil would be torn and we could have relationship with our father. And, I mean, talk about conviction for me. And I think I just took a, a couple of days to myself after that. I needed to reevaluate my life and my heart after that. The same thing happened when I was looking for a job. Um, I was in a career that I hated. I don't know how I ended up there. I was grateful. <sighs> okay, I'm, I was not grateful at the time. <laughs> I, I had to really work on my heart posture with my the job I was in because I, had, I just had to come into a place of gratitude because um, I just wasn't happy there. And instead of focusing on the fact that this job that I had paid the bills, um, paid for my husband and I to go on vacation, it added to our home income, like our combined income. Some people don't have a job and it, it pays for the roof over our head. Like I just was not in that mindset. And so when I was praying fervently for a new job, I was at a place where my mental health was very, uh, it was suffering tremendously because of my job. So when I prayed, I was just weeping all the time, just begging God to to bring me a new opportunity. Um, that was pretty specific. Uh, honestly, that's like a whole other testimony, to be honest. But um, I gave him the specifics of what I needed and what I thought I wanted and everything. And he honored those things. But in the process, I remember him asking me What does our relationship look like after I give you this job that you're seeking? Meaning once I give you what you want, are we, are you still going to pray to me like this again? Because I was on my face. I was desperate. I, I had so much anxiety when I would go into the office, like into my office. I didn't like the people I worked with. I struggled with management there, um, struggled with, the way things were run, Um, and here comes my dog, (laughs) I struggled with um, morals, like other people's morals and um, the values of the organization I worked in and everything, and it just tore me up every single week, um, and it just didn't get easier. So before the prayer was answered, and thank God it was, um, I just remember God being very clear with me about the fact that my, and I promise this is all relevant, that the job I was in, it wasn't that the job was bad. It was my perspective on the job. It was my attitude toward the job because people do far worse things, are in far worse careers, jobs, p- locations, places than I was. Um, and they seem to be doing just fine and um, managed to keep a humble heart. And so <laughs> it was not my job. It was my It was me entirely, and so for a couple weeks, maybe a month, God just really ministered to my heart because it's like if our heart posture is not in the right place, no matter what job I went to, I would have sabotaged it. No matter what relationship, no matter what friendship I was in, I would have sabotaged it if my heart was not in the right place, and that is when I really, really started understanding that anything can be an idol. My dream career that I was praying for was an idol to me. I thought about it more than I thought about God. I prayed about it more than I thanked God or I requested it. I made my needs and my desires known to God, which he cares about. But I did all those things before I even thanked him for breath in my lungs, for a job that did pay the bills and for experiences that the job brought me over the years so that was a heavy conviction for me um again and I that's kind of why I started out the episode saying like yeah idols might not look like the way they did in biblical times in the biblical era (laughs) um but that doesn't mean they are not active that does not mean that the enemy is not going to try to use modern day people, items, desires, goals, whatever it is uh, against us Um, and that he won't try to make us think that, oh, because this this is a biblical thing, that means it can't be an idol. It can't be above God in our life. If it's biblical, like be fruitful, multiply, okay? But pregnancy can become... Um, an idol we can think about it and want it more than we want relationship with god um having you know proverb being a proverbs 31 woman having a job having a business all of that is biblical in a way and um that can become an idol we can think about that we can want it we can work towards it more than we work toward our relationship with god so yeah, it can be very easy and maybe some things are coming to your mind right now. Um, maybe even that you've been idolizing for a long time, but just know that God is only asking for repentance and your heart um, and that even though I realized this a while ago, like realize where um, I was struggling with idolship in my life, that doesn't mean I don't still struggle with it today and I don't still have to be convicted sometimes. Um, and reminded of like, Hey, you're kind of going down an unhealthy path. Let's, let's get back to what matters here. Tim Keller, who wrote the book counterfeit gods. Um, he says an idol is anything more important to you than God. Anything that absorbs your heart and imagination more than God and anything that you seek to give what only God can give. And (laughs) I, I, I don't think I get emotional about it because it makes me sad. I think it overwhelms me like just reading that quote made my nose really prickly <laughs> because it, it is overwhelming because I don't, I don't ever want to be in a place, at least not for long <laughs> where something becomes so much more important to me than God. Um, I mean, it literally, he literally puts it, what is, I mean, what is absorbing your heart and your imagination right now? Like, what is that? What are you thinking about all day, every day? And you're striving for it. And only God can provide whatever it is. I am living testimony that God will even bring you the job that you want, the career that you're asking for. Um, You need to only make your request known to him and then leave it at the cross. Yes, we can pray about it. Yes, we can still pray about it, but we're not checking on the status of the delivery of it. (laughs) And I know that's really hard to do. And um, I don't know when I pray over things that haven't come to fruition yet, I just say, God, I trust you. And it's more of a reminder to myself as much as it is glorifying, like giving him glory and, and exalting his name in the situation he is sovereign over. So it's like, it's almost like fear in my heart, like in me. Like, it's fearful. No, it's not. I'm saying I, it's like the scripture that everyone talks about. Like, what's the scariest verse in the Bible? And that's, you know, turn away from me. I never knew you. I think it brings that type of fear in me when I don't realize that I am literally meditating on something that I want earth side more than I'm meditating on the heavenly kingdom and what my purpose on earth is. So let's get into the scripture. We are, and I've been saying this wrong the entire episode. I am actually focusing on Habakkuk uh, chapter 2, 19. Okay, let me say that again. Habakkuk chapter 2, verses 19 and 20. I have been talking about chapter 1. I was in the wrong page in my notebook. <laughs> so we are chapter 2, verses 19 and 20. And this is the CSB version. Woe to him who says to wood, wake up, or to mute stone, come alive. Can it teach? Look, it may be plated by gold and silver, yet there is no breath in it at all. But the Lord is in his holy temple. Let the whole earth be silent in his presence. And I love that so much. I read. I did this study last night and I just was like, are you freaking kidding me? Because oh, I'm trying to think I'm trying to think of when I want to say all this stuff. Okay. Let me just read the message translation really quick. Who do you think you are saying to a stick of wood, wake up, or to a dumb stone, get up? Can they teach you anything about anything? There's nothing to them but surface. There's nothing inside. But oh god, is in his holy temple. Quiet everyone, a holy silence. Listen. And it's just like, dang, (laughs) the truth is right there in scripture. Okay. And it's like, you know, you're like, duh, the Bible is truth. And we can say that over and over. We can like profess and confess (laughs) that the word of God is truth. And that is true. But when we experience a moment in our own personal one-on-one time with God that proves it to ourselves. Like when we have to minister to our hearts and be like, dang, um, there's a reason why he's God. (laughs) There's a reason why we need this book so much. When we have that experience that like basically a God encounter, it just hits, it breaks through like the hardness of your heart, if there's any there. And it definitely did for me. And it's not that I didn't, it's not that I struggled to believe that the word was truth, but there are just moments where really, really sweet moments where God is like, let me show you what I mean. And it's like here, you know, with the verses I just read here it. here's our generation (laughs) trusting that a rock can heal our trauma. And if I have to explain, I will. I'm talking about the generation of people who are trusting in crystals, in crystals hanging around their neck, in sage, in Palo Santo wood. You know what I'm talking about. <laughs> um, here is a whole generation trusting that a rock can heal our trauma. Trusting that a crystal can ease our minds, can bring us something we want before the proper time. And yet the word of life, the word of truth asks us directly, why do you look to lifeless stones when the living God is waiting for you? Waiting for you actively, might I add, even like, here's what blew my mind. Yesterday, when I was studying and when I was reflecting, even the rocks cry out to God. Like, that's biblical. Even the rocks cry out to God. So, why aren't we seeking answers and direction from our Heavenly Father? Because the rocks do. Nature does. The oceans do. And the stars do. And I mean... Like, how are we so easily persuaded and deceived when we have this beautiful love story at our fingertips, telling us not to be deceived? And why are we so deceived? Because we don't know the truth. Maybe someone hasn't has yet to experience um, the living God, because he has done more for me in an hour today alone than a stone ever has and it's like part of my testimony is that I was in that culture I was in the occult community I read tarot cards as a side hustle I had my house littered in crystals for you know whatever the reason I thought they were helping me I had had them under my pillow for sleep I I had them in my pocket for anxiety um I did all of that stuff and let me tell you if you haven't experienced it yet you will because for me looking back it feel it feels like and it felt like choosing an empty plate versus a full one so if someone offers you a plate in one hand and in the other hand it's a plate full of your favorite food you would choose the empty one that is what idol worship felt like to me that is what trusting in stones and crystals felt like to me was choosing not at the time because I was deceived but looking back I gained nothing from that season of my life of trusting in crystals I gained nothing it was like choosing to drink from an empty cup and pretending to be satisfied rather than drinking from a full one in order to experience what real abundance, relationship, and freedom and fulfillment felt like. And after my Bible study, I just wrote down, God, please forgive us for being deceived. And this is not an episode and this is not a podcast where you come and get shame and guilt. Okay. This is where we're being candid (laughs) and this is where we're being honest and where I share a lot of my past struggles and my past hurts and how the word of God and his presence and my relationship with him have healed me in my heart, in my mind from years and years of lies and deception in the Bible. Israel is shown to continue continuously turning from God um, to idol worship to worship their idols and God does not want us want his people to worshiping a false image the like it makes God angry because like if you're hungry why would you choose the empty plate over and over again okay if you're a parent and your child is choosing something that isn't good for them doesn't that make you angry if you're a best friend or a sister or a brother and you see your favorite person on the planet doing something that harms them, doesn't that make you angry? It would make me angry. <laughs> I am going through a couple of things in my life right now where I have to watch people make dumb decisions and it makes me angry. Not because I'm mad at them, not because I hate them, but because I love them, because I want better for them. And... That's God's heart. Colossians 3 verse 5 and Romans chapter 1 verse 22 and 23 remind us of the dangers of idolatry. And many times the New Testament warns of being seduced by the things of this world to the point where they become the most important thing in our life, which is the definition of idolatry. And this is going to look like a hundred, there's 8 billion people on this earth and 8 billion, there's going to be 8 billion ways That um, idol worship happens because it's so personal to each of us. And if some things are coming to mind at this moment, just repent. Ask God for forgiveness and know that you're going to receive it. Ask the Holy Spirit to help you turn away and put certain desires where they belong and put God back where he belongs in your heart the king of your heart. Um, We see time and time again in the Bible that the people of God tend to drift away from God, which it happens today. It's how it happens in my life. If we don't stay on top of our scripture reading, if we don't stay on top of prayer, like the Holy spirit is a gentleman. He's not going to force your, his way into your heart. He wants relationship with you. And love is love is something that needs to be a two way street. You know, like, I don't want my husband to love me because he has to. I don't want to be the only person uh, expressing love in my marriage. Like I want it to be both things. I want him to come to me as much as I come to him. Both the Old and the New Testament are full of warnings against idolatry because we are so prone to wander. Um, And we have to be diligent in examining our life for idols. If there's something new coming your way, pray pray about it. (laughs) If there's something... That you've been striving for pray about it speak against the spirit of idol worship speak against the spirit of pride um so really quick let's look at some modern day idol worship and what that might look like remember that a lot of the times some of the things that can become an idol in our life are actually good you know it's not going to be something bad it's not always going to be something bad or evil. It might be good. For me, I thought, well, God you know, wants us to have a family. It's biblical to multiply and to raise up children. That doesn't mean it didn't become an idol. Um, it's healthy to take supplements and to work out and to eat right. Okay, that can become an idol. We see it in our culture today. Um, the point of this list And really this episode is just to encourage each of us to evaluate our lives, to make sure none of these things have become more important to us than God, because even a good thing can be, can become an ultimate thing and an ultimate, um, an ultimate way to destroy our lives. And God is just too, too good for that. You know what I mean? Like he, there's no reason why we should be looking to anything and anyone to anyone except for our Heavenly Father. Not because He forces us to, not because He demands it, but because He's worthy of it. Because He's good. Because He's faithful to His promises. And if He doesn't do a single thing for us this day forward, He's done enough. So one thing that came to mind that could be an idol is our, our identity. Uh, This is probably one of the biggest things that is worshipped today. We have largely abandoned who we are in Christ and placed our identity in other things. We see that everywhere. Whether it's our social media following, our position at work, our abilities and skills and our talents, or the achievements we're after, many of these things have our identity wrapped up in them. Especially in relationships, like, I'm guilty of, um, being somebody who, like, when I was in college, I wrapped up who I was in my acceptance from other people, so if I was rejected by a guy, then I was not worthy of love, and it just affected my entire identity, which means that I idled it. I idled being in a relationship. Um... But the reality of our identities or where we place our identity has, it's become an idol. Um, And that's a really tough way to live. And I'm really, really sorry if that's how you've been living, but please know there is a way out. And there is a completely new transformed life waiting for you on the other side of your repentance and of your acceptance of Jesus. Um if your identity is in work or your skills or your looks or anything else, you will constantly feel like you don't measure up. And I struggled with that for years. They are very harsh masters. Um, But when our identity is secured in God, we can live in freedom. And while we still fall short, God, God's love never, ever fails. Here is one of my favorite encouraging, um, Biblical identity verses. Most of us are familiar with it. Psalm 139-14 says, I praise you, for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Wonderful are your works. My soul knows it very well. Another form of modern-day idol worship can be entertainment. We are obsessed with being entertained, right? From Netflix to vacations to podcasts to TikTok. We love entertainment in many, um, in many forms and love. Might not be a strong enough word, <laughs> if I'm honest. Um, we are obsessed, okay? And that's coming from somebody who kind of goes in and out of obsession with and being entertained. I, I'll i go days without social media, and then there's days where all I'm doing is scrolling on social media or, you know, being on TikTok and things like that. So it's safe to say that with the internet access, with our phones, with devices and everything that can easily become an idol But there's like so much that goes into that as well, because what do we do when we get on social media? We compare ourselves. So then how we look physically becomes an idol. How we like our online presence becomes an idol. Our status, our social status becomes an idol. So it's just like this one thing that we could get rid of in our life could also be a solution for other idols in our life as well. Um it's it's not that entertainment is bad. Um it can be a good thing, especially, you know, when we're with our family, when um we're on dates and and things like that. Like nothing is inherently bad. It's just we make it bad. We suck at making things <laughs> the way like keeping things the way that they're supposed to be and doing things in moderation. But when our lives become all about the search for entertainment, and the chase to find the best experiences it then becomes an idol and it becomes more important than god if you're seeking validation if you're seeking identity if you're seeking entertainment outside of god you're going to find everything that is not god and i would argue that entertainment is a good and is a good and godly gift but we should worship the giver and not the gift not only with entertainment but in all things Babies, marriage, homes, jobs, worship the giver and not the gift. And we should enjoy our favorite things in moderation. Everything in moderation. I always come back to broccoli for some reason. but I think it's because broccoli seems so harmless. <laughs> broccoli can become an idol. If you love broccoli more than God, broccoli is an idol. And I'm just saying that to say that anything can be an idol. Let's just go ahead and get this one out of the way. Okay, sex. <laughs> Sex might be the only thing that we think about more than money, truly. It's everywhere in our culture. So if we're not thinking about it, we're being forced to think about it. When we have taken, when we've taken a gift from God and made it the God of our lives, the little g God of our lives, that's when we're controlled. That's when we're operating under the wrong spirit. And to even question the sexual ethic of our society will bring an outrage and defensiveness like that alone shows how tied to this idol we are like if you got a little bit of even a little bit offended that sex might be an idol in your life and that you love it more than god and you seek it more than god it might be an idol (laughs) it might be an idol (laughs) and there's freedom on the other side from it you don't have to be tied to it our sexual identity practices, our sex-filled lives, those are sacred to us. And they're hard. It's a hard trap to be stuck in. But I know from firsthand experience that you can be freed from the spirit of lust. Another idol that could be more or less obvious is comfort. There's like this endless list of products Promising to simplify and add comfort to our lives. And if you're an Amazon girly like me, this will probably convict you. <laughs> we have made our lives so much easier and so much more comfortable than any other time in history. Literally.
1: <laughs> There's
0: so much at our fingertips. Like shopping. We don't have to leave our house to get groceries. We can buy the most comfortable beds, um, the most decked out cars, the like with the warm steering wheel, and the heated seats, um, all of it, and tasks that used to make that used to take um, all day are done in minutes. Like I said, grocery shopping, um, many many tasks are now automated. Bill paying, which is fine. Again, none of these things are bad but isn't an idol while all of these things are a good thing. Our, our, our pursuit in life should not be comfort alone. Um, the call that Jesus gives us his followers is a life of calling, not a life of comfort. Um, Jesus promises his followers that we will face trials, persecution, and difficulty. And while comfort is not bad, inherently, It can become damaging when it becomes the main pursuit in life. When comfort is an idol, we will struggle when God calls us into something difficult. And I personally, I have struggled with this, but I also don't want to say no to God because I'm afraid to leave my comfort zone. Like, And I'm not saying... I'm not saying this because I'm perfect at it and I don't struggle with it. I'm saying I have an acknowledgement of, yeah, this is a struggle and I need to be aware of it. And I need to be aware of when it happens because I don't want to fall into the habit of saying no to God because I don't want to leave my house because I don't want to go up to somebody I don't know because I don't want to pray out loud for somebody because I'm afraid that I might say something wrong or that doesn't make sense or that they might judge me or that maybe they don't follow Jesus and they're going to get upset with me that I want to pray for them. Or that I don't want to go and find the community that I so desperately am craving because I'm afraid of rejection. Because the spirit of rejection is still in my life and I have not rebuked it and tore up its roots. I don't want to be too comfortable. And God cannot get me up out of my cou- off of my couch or out of my car. I don't want to be in that place. Or out of bed. That's a good one too. Out of bed. I don't want to be in that place. And I think everyone needs to be aware that that is... A complete possibility that we might be under, um, that we might be idling comfort. Let God work and move in your life. Not just with removing idol or removing comfort as an idol, but all of the idols in your life. And this is not about being perfect. This is not about, yay, I prayed and I rebuked all of the idols and I got rid of them and I only focused on God. And that's how it's going to be until I die. Like until the rest of time, we are going to slip and we are going to stumble and we're going to fall. But remembering why idol worship is so toxic and it's so, it's such a lie and it is so deceptive. Please come back to that knowledge, that wisdom. When you feel like an idol is, when you, when you feel like you are idling something that um, is above God. Putting something above God, like just come back, make a note for yourself, maybe list out your triggers. Like what, what easily brings you into a place of idol worship? Is it something you feel passionate about? Like when you start to feel passionate about something, are you quick to put that above God or is it when you're stressed out and you're so focused on what you can do for yourself and what you can do in the situation that you forget that God already has a solution and the peace that goes with it. Just think about these things. It's only food for thought. I don't know what you're going through. I don't know what every person listening to this is struggling with. But I just wanted to bring some things to light. For you to turn over in your heart. And with the Lord in prayer. Because that is what this podcast ultimately aims to do. To bring up and share topics that. You can just bring to the Lord however you need to. Maybe you didn't think idol worship was a struggle in your life until today, and that's okay. That's okay because that means this episode blessed you. That means the Holy Spirit is working in you. That means God is pursuing you and wants you to live in freedom away from everything that is a lie, that is deceiving you, that is leading you down the path of death and not the path of life. Uh, This was a really not only a great bible study for me when i went through it but it's it's just convicting <laughs> it's just a good reminder that we just don't know enough about god and if i just pray that you're never in a position that we are never in a position to feel like i've known enough i've seen enough of god i'm bored no No, you're lazy. (laughs) You're being lazy. You don't know enough about God. You don't, you have not read your Bible enough. And that's not conviction. I mean, that's not condemnation. That's me being a sister and saying, hey, I also struggle to read my Bible sometimes. And I also struggle to um, motivate myself to do the deep digging that is required and necessary for scripture to land on my heart and for me to talk about one, literally, Two to three verses for an hour because it's that important. Like, I don't know. I love it. I love it. I love God. <laughs> so I pray that today's um I pray that today's episode blessed you. And I love you guys. And I pray that you will go to God about anything that this episode brought to light for you i know it did for me not the episode but when i did the bible study it's definitely something on the top of my prayer list now it's like you know how people pray kind of the same thing every day you know like lord give me ears to hear um eyes to see what you see in here they kind of pray like the same thing before they kind of get into like the meat and potatoes of their prayer i feel like idol worship is something that you could add, I could add to your daily prayer of just like, Lord, help me identify what has become an idol in my life because I don't want to put anything above you because nothing can give me what you gave me and continue to bless me with. Nothing can do what you do. Period. <laughs> so, okay. Um, 10% off at Hosanna Revival <laughs> using code Shelby Lynn York. They are having their black Friday sale. Um, it will probably still be going on, um, when this episode airs. So get your 10% off there. Um, 15% off at full leaf tea co using code Shelby Lynn York. They are my favorite tea ever. I have some on the way right now. They have holiday tea out right now, which I was so excited about. Um, normally I do these at the beginning, but I forgot. So (laughs) that's okay. All the discount codes that I have, my blog, my social media handles will be in the show description or the episode description for you. Um, If you listen to later episodes, my Instagram handle has changed because I created a new blog. Well, a blog. And so I wanted my Instagram and my blog to be relatively similar. So if you listen to older episodes, I don't think I changed my Instagram handle past like season five, I think so keep that in mind. But I would love for you to follow me and for us to connect. And as always, I would sincerely love if you left an honest rating and review on wherever you're listening to this episode, whether it's Apple podcasts or Spotify, not only does that help people find my podcast, but it also just gives me a little thrill because I love feedback and I just really appreciate it. So I hope you guys have the best week. I hope your holiday break was restful and restorative for you. And um, yeah, I can't wait to continue this season. So I will see you and well, I'll talk to you in the next episode. Thank you for listening to the Candid Faith Podcast.